1: This is Magic City Soccer, a Day Brigade podcast and your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Hello, soccer fans in South Florida and beyond, and welcome to our show. I am Matthew Bunch. Uh, We're happy to have you here this morning or this afternoon or this evening or whenever you're listening. And, of course, I am joined today by co-host Drew Hausman. Drew, how you doing, pal?
0: Doing all right, I'm doing all right. Uh, we actually have two hosts today after two games and only got three points out of it, but uh, we'll get into that in a minute.
1: So, uh, we do have a lot to digest. We have a game to look forward to, as Drew said. We have two games to look back to, so let's go in order. Uh, let's start with the midweek game. Uh, it occurred last Wednesday. Uh, it was a uh, one that we had kind of dreaded. On uh, the podcast last week, it was Miami FC hosting the Carolina RailHawks. Um, we had dreaded it because it was a midweek game. It was it was a game that uh, uh, that we saw with some potential uh, uh, trap uh, uh, potential. Uh, even though Carolina is a legitimately solid club, I would say um, you know they they're, they they know how to put themselves together, but Miami FC. Uh, was able to uh, to grab the goal that wound up deciding the whole thing, and it was largely credit to uh, our man Dario Svitanich, who apparently has two skills: one, score penalties; <laughs> two, do whatever the hell that thing is by basically just bossing around a defender, taking the ball and tucking it away. Drew, what'd you take away from that game?
0: Yeah, that that game was a real nail biter. I mean, obviously, the you know, as we said in the previous podcast, the the real Hawks, although they kind of lurk at a mid-table status, they're not a team to sleep on, especially uh, when you have uh, kind of three games in six-day situation. Um, it was fairly back and forth, but um, yeah, I mean, Super Dario came out clutch again, uh, coming on as a substitute and then scoring within two minutes uh, of him being subbed on in now, I guess, what we'll call the classic Super Dario fashion where he just completely bullies a defender, strips the ball, <laughs> jukes the goalie and uh creates madness for everybody. Uh it was a it was a bit much to handle on a Wednesday night.
1: <laughs> oh man, no kidding. Yeah, Ooh.
0: but um the the attendance was, you know, incredible. I think we had 6,000 plus um 6592,
1: that was the final number.
0: Yeah, which is which is ridiculous. Um also, uh, you know, from the defensive end uh towards later in the game, you know, Carolina was really pulling it, or putting it on and uh Mason Trafford, uh, our, our brilliant defender and, uh, future short salesman, uh, really came through with a bunch of beautiful clearances and he earned himself man of the match. And, you know, just defensively in that last 15 minutes was, was the king of the back line.
1: That's a good way to put it, man. Uh, the fact that he earned it, uh, it was definitely not, uh, it was something that his contributions really, really, really were tremendous in, um, in the back half of that match, especially once Miami FC, uh, got the lead. Uh, as you said, uh, that, that was a home game. We were out there. The brigade was, was pretty loud. And uh, again, something else you mentioned that I wanted to really single out that attendance number is fantastic on a wet mid Wednesday. I actually, uh, sent a tweet that got some, some good track. I mean, this is kind of the the worst brag of all time, but I sent a tweet <laughs> that got some traction, um, during the course of the game, basically the, the idea being that it was kind of, you know, uh, second division soccer in Miami on a Wednesday, tell me it won't work. And I took a nice picture of the, uh, the, the side of the stadium that was basically full, uh, with, you know, with some exceptions along the edge, but I was, I was shocked. I mean, for lack of a better word, I was expecting on a Wednesday, a game that doesn't feature the Cosmos or or a Florida team, Pull, you know, if we had if we'd gotten four thousand, I thought that would have been a, a win. Uh, and once I saw that crowd start to roll in and it fills in, it fills in, I was really, really impressed. And I I think we have to stop getting impressed with good attendance. And I mean that's a a credit to the team. Again, we're looking at the average attendance for the club over ten games. Average attendance now is forty eight ninety four, which is good for sixth best in the league that counts both spring and fall season uh you know you, you just look at this sp- the uh the spring season Miami FC would probably be third best uh they're averaging I would say at least 5,000 a game and Tampa Bay is at about 5,700 uh it, it was really impressive um now go, going back to the game uh something I did kind of want to digest and take a look at is, is some of the stats And I thought it was a it was a game that Miami FC deserved to win. The total shots were pretty even. Miami FC had more shots on target. Um, the, uh, the, I thought that, you know, even though it was, again, the second game in three days, or yes, four days, um, even though that, that, that was how it was, and Carolina did have a little bit more of the possession, I thought the team came out firing, and I thought they did a pretty darn good job considering the circumstances.
0: Yeah, for sure, and uh, also one of those uh, stats is, uh, well, not really a stat, uh, but um, Poku was actually out for the game for accumulation of yellow cards, so uh, I didn't realize that until they announced, uh, shortly after they announced the lineup, I was kind of shocked to see Poku not in there, but uh, it, it came through, so, um, you know, it's also great to get the victory with one of your key pl- players being out of the game. Um I'll, I'll just quick flip it back to attendance real quick. Yeah, I, I thought we were going to max out maybe at, at 3,000. Uh, another thing people don't realize is all of our home games have 8 p.m. starts where uh, typically most of the league has 7, 7.30. So it's a lot harder, you know, with, to get, you know, little Billy's soccer club out there and justify <laughs> him going to school, you know, after staying out at a Division two soccer game until 11.30 at night. So it was great to see that, you know, a couple – couple of Fort Lauderdale people accused us of uh, fudging the numbers, but uh, it was clearly more than 455 people, so I'll take that.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I always think that's such a weird accusation when, you know, uh, believe me, living in Miami, I know what a fudged attendance number looks like. I'm familiar with the concept. I know that the number that is reported is not the exact number of people who walk through the gate. But when you look at that side of the stadium, attendance is good. Like... Put, put aside the, you know, oh, well were there 6,500 or 6,300? 6, Who cares? The point is that you can look at that actual, the number of people in the stands and say, wow, that's impressive. That's a really good job out of the team drawing those people. And,
0: uh, and even if it was 4,000, that's still 10 times what was called in Fort Lauderdale <laughs> for the previous Wednesday game. So uh, I'll just leave that little little bone out to chew on.
1: Yes. Yeah. It's, it's definitely Fort Lauderdale. Now's not the time. Now is neither the place nor the time for this. <laughs> you know you you had some shots maybe in the spring season but even then you all weren't doing that great either um we're 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 looking ahead and we're seeing a club that's growing in terms of interest the marketing has been excellent we'll talk about some of the uh, the marketing to come up for the next match which i think will we we were talking about before the podcast uh, i think it will draw a pretty heavy crowd uh, but let's we'll save some of that more of that attendance talk for later um so the Railhawks game it's a bit of a grind we're all a little anxious we're all a little antsy because it is a uh, It's Wednesday, and we have work in the morning. We all have work in the morning. Um, But we get the goal, get the win. Six points from two games, four days apart from each other, one including basically one of the two teams we're chasing down. The week looks fantastic. And I still think the week looks fantastic. Before I get into what we're about to talk about, I think let's take the macro view first, and then we'll go back in and look at the, the, the Saturday game. Uh, I think you look at this past week, and even though there was a loss that came from it, I think it's a very positive week for Miami FC, and it keeps them in a very good position. What do you think, Drew?
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, we got up to the point of being uh, second place in the fall season. Uh, we At at that point, after the Wednesday game, we were a game back and five points under the Cosmos. Um, considering how we did in the spring season, it's it's incredible. That we got to that point, and we're still set up in a good position to to take the fall, or well, to take the fall season. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a great feeling because not not only did the we win that game, but I think for the last twenty minutes, all of us in the stands had our phones open, looking at the live table, saying, "Oh crap! Like <laughs> we're we're a second place team."
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. It really felt. I think for the first time that this club is really involved in and again it's our first year so i'm I'm getting maybe a little a little overzealous a little greedy but to have that feeling of actually looking at scores around the league and where are we and what's the live table look like and have uh have edmonton scored have the cosmos scored where are we going to be uh it was really thrilling it was a really fun time and, and i saw a lot of people with uh uh different apps out keeping track of the game so that was quite fun um and then the weekend comes around, and nothing good lasts forever. And Miami FC drop, drop, drop a tough one. Uh, they play Indy 11. They're on the road, Indy-Indy. Uh, they had had great success there. Um, they had great success against this team earlier in the season. But uh, Indy gets out to a two-goal lead, and really that second goal by Smart for, uh, um, for Indy 11 by Don Smart puts them at 2-0. It's a great challenge to come back, uh, and uh, Miami FC do pull one back, uh, but it is a little too little too late, uh, and they wind up dropping the game 2-1. to one. Uh, Mares and Smart with the goals for Indy 11. Vincenzo Rinella, our man Vincenzo Rinella, scoring for Miami FC in the 67th, assisted by Rhett Bernstein. Uh, Drew, what would you see in the Indy 11 game?
0: Um, the Indy 11 game was, was pretty crazy. I, I went out to the watch party at Fritz and Franz. We had a pretty good attendance number, uh, considering there was some college football going on, but, um, say we were probably 25 to, to 30 deep, and those aren't fudge numbers. Um, you know, uh, I, I'm a Vega fanboy, but that, that first goal was, you know, Vega just kind of booted the ball in the wrong direction. Indy picked it up took advantage of it almost uh dario dario-esque and and just put one in the back of the net um it's kind of <laughs> kind of definitely set set the tone for the rest of the night but um indy 11 looked vicious man throughout, throughout the whole game like their their front three their their front players really seemed to click together uh they were they were just pressing the crap out of us uh, i feel like we were just making some silly passing and possession errors it seemed like we couldn't get through to our wing players uh we kept trying to kind of uh messy it in through the middle uh mm-hmm. it wasn't working with uh, martinez and vincenzo Renella <laughs> um yeah and eventually uh that that Ranella goal was good the the positive i'll take away from that game was it's always good to score off a corner, especially in a league like the NASL.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> like, uh, I, don't, I don't think people realize uh, what, what kind of uh, skill set that takes in a league like this to, to take advantage and kind of collect your shit together to be able to make the corner. Um even though we even though we lost I, I felt like it was a good thing to see uh, I feel like Nesta was really trying to get the equalizer at one point we had uh, three forwards out there I believe Ooh, it was uh, Chavez uh, Paulo Campos and who else was out there I think it was still Ranella. yeah
1: Renella stayed on it was Chavez Campos and Vincenzo Ranella.
0: yeah but it was good to see you know like as especially him being such a defensive coach to see him say, hey, like, let's freaking win this game and throw three out there. Unfortunately, it didn't happen, but um, it kind of changed the tide of the game, made it a little more exciting for the last couple minutes. We couldn't pull it off, but um, it's still good to see that. You know, we we got one in the net. It wasn't a complete, you know, it wasn't a 2 nothing loss, but it's good to see a defensive coach switch up tactics and, and really go for it.
1: Yeah, I was – um obviously it's never fun to lose we're we're all aware of that we're all let's acknowledge that from the beginning Doi, we we got that um but yeah it was going to be very hard to win three games in six days it doesn't happen you know it's not something that happens on a regular basis first off, you usually don't wind up having to play a sunday then a wednesday then a saturday just in the regular course of events you usually at least get one more day if you have those three game weeks um but India's tough, they are right behind us in the table, they're no, by, by no means a pushover, in fact, they are one of those teams that's still alive for this, this fall season chase. You know, they've got nearly 10,000 people in the stands. They had had the advantage, and as soon, really, and again, I, I will not tolerate any slander about indio Vega, but... Uh, yeah, he, he kind of messed up. You know, sometimes players mess up, and on that that clearance, it was it was a real mess up. And and there have been a lot of goals this year, a lot of goals that have gone in that have been in no way his fault. That was one that was absolutely his fault, and that's okay. Again, we're all allowed to have a mistake every now and then. It's about the the learning and the adapting from it. And, and I don't think this will have an impact on his his uh, keeping ability going forward is, you know, just, it happens, you know, whoops. Um, but especially, you know, that goal really sets the tone. They wind up getting the second. You're not going to come from two down to win on the road. At that point, you're looking just to get the equalizer. Uh, and as you said, Drew, uh, by the end, uh, Chavez comes in for Poku in the 73rd minute. And basically for the last 20 minutes, they're pressing and they're trying. And you could see by the end of the game, Miami FC had actually had more of the possession uh, they did score a goal uh from a corner impressive that's 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 really good um there are things to build on and ultimately i, I believe we had this conversation last podcast but i'll i I'll, I'll mention it again in case we didn't i think if you had to choose an order of events for this week that was actually realistic, this is probably the best case scenario. maybe a draw on the road would have been best case, i i did not expect us to get nine from nine. I mean, I'm. I think I'm as optimistic as the next guy, but I didn't think nine from nine was realistic. I thought six or seven from nine, seven being best case scenario. And really, and it sounds a little backward. I guess you know it doesn't make any sense looking back on it, but looking ahead, I would have assumed win uh, against Edmonton. Hopefully, that was the game you had to had. Again, we talked about it last week, and then a draw or a win against Carolina, and then a loss against Indy. I I think this was very predictable, in terms of knowing that Miami FC are actually good now. They're competent and they're capable, and the squad is functioning as it should. Knowing that, I think it is right to have expected four or six from it, not seven. I'm I'm sorry. Uh, uh no, I did my math wrong. Yeah, four or s- four or six.
0: Uh, are you a school teacher?
1: I know, but I don't teach math though. <laughs> I keep I keep that crap out of my classroom. Uh, so. I teach government. It has nothing to do with math. Um, so, yeah. So, at best, seven. Best case scenario, seven. And they got six. And they got the six from the, – they, they had to get it from Edmonton. They had to get three from Edmonton. They did. Once you did that, you win the home game, you lose the road game, that's soccer, you move on to the next week, and now all of a sudden you can breathe.
0: Yeah, kind of – the other thing that made it more depressing was uh, that um... – the Cosmos had an earlier game, I believe they had a seven o'clock kickoff, so um, kind of about the time we were down two nothing. The Cosmos game, uh, they were playing Edmonton, drew in a t- or they tied zero zero. So it was it was just even more frustrating because kind of since since our kickoff, we had a couple you know me and Abner and a few other people were following the game on our phones, uh, just. It was set up for us where if we won, it would have been the best scenario, but unfortunately it didn't happen. But uh, nonetheless, at least the Cosmos drew, so their their lead didn't go up too drastically. But, yeah, I mean, as we were watching on our phones, I think it was 2-1 at that point, and, you know, they drew, and I was like, all right, if we can equalize, get this get this second goal, we, we'd be in a decent position. Not much would have changed over the weekend, but it doesn't happen. And, yeah, kind of uh, we, we – you can only win and draw so many in a row, but um, let's let's talk about the schedule coming up because I feel like we have a pretty decent schedule coming until the end of October.
1: Uh, I do agree. Uh, I I think that uh, it, it's something that we have been. I feel like we have been hyperventilating for like the last couple of weeks about the difficulty of the schedule and the big games to come. Um, and because we're actually in the chase you know what I mean it's very it's thrilling to be in the chase and the fact that that we're actually trying to you know run this thing down and we have a shot at it puts a lot of pressure on and so the pressure remains but the pressure is now a little bit different and and we'll see how the team responds to this this kind of pressure um, the last two weeks the schedule has been tremendously challenging in terms of the games uh that are being played. Now we're looking at the back end of the schedule and we start on Friday and we'll talk about the Friday game in a minute, but we're going to look at the macro of the schedule and then come back in and look at that specific game. Friday, home, Puerto Rico. As we've talked about with Puerto Rico before, not exactly world beaters. Then it's a Wednesday game. So again, we kind of have a what would normally be a 3-7 in seven scenario, but it's actually a 3-8 because of the Friday game. Just like last week was shortened because of the Sunday game, this week we actually kind of get an extra day because this game is being played on Friday. Uh, it's a Wednesday game at home, again, against Ottawa Fury. Ottawa Fury, they're capable. They can definitely pull out a win, but you would think at home they're going to pick up the points. Saturday, October 1st, Tampa, Miami in Tampa. That'll be a challenging game, but again, you would think Miami FC is a legitimate shot. Ryo OKC at home. Who the hell knows with Ryo OKC? (laughs) No idea. But again, not top of the table material. Miami FC Tampa, then at home on the 14th. Then on the 19th, on the road, Armada. Armada can be beaten. Then you set up for the last two weeks of the season, away at Cosmos, home at Edmonton, that's the season, boys and girls. That's what it's going to come down to. Unless there's an unexpected trip up, that's when you're going to want that six from six. We were talking about six from six before. You pull off six from six from those two games, all of a sudden we're in a very interesting position.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of weird that we're doing so many, so many Wednesday games. I guess we kind of lucked out with the schedule earlier. But, um, I mean, home against Puerto Rico – you know, it, obviously this is all soccer, so <laughs> we can draw or lose. Absolutely, any of these, but home against Puerto Rico should be a win. Home against Ottawa on a Wednesday sounds good to me. Uh, away in Tampa, you know, uh, home against Rio OKC. Okay, they're they're pretty decent. That's kind of the one I'm most worried about in this five game stretch. And then we play Tampa again at home, and then. It, this is going to be a fun end of the season. If, if we can stay in it, especially because we have away Cosmos and then our last game is home against Edmonton, Like this this could be a epic end of the season. And uh, I hope we really can get this fall slot. But, yeah, I mean, the next five games are all very winnable games. Um, they're against teams we've had success in some parts before, but th- those final two are, are going to be the real kicker.
1: Yeah, it's um it's going to be really interesting. And I kind of want to refer back to something we mentioned a second ago in terms of that that Edmonton and Cosmos game that actually took place last weekend. Uh it was you you wanted to make up some points there. But in my opinion, a home draw for the Cosmos is not bad because basically they had been on a winning t- tear especially at home. Edmonton is obviously the opponent, so someone's going to benefit. I would have, I, I think it's preferential to just both teams draw it out instead of either Edmonton pulling away from us and it becomes a two-horse race or the Cosmos building a bigger lead. So, again, not, not to dive too far back into basically another team schedule, but I did want to mention that because I think uh, that there was a little bit of silver lining there. Again, if you take away our result, there's a little bit of silver lining there. Now, with our schedule, as you said, you can never assume anything with this sport because God knows what's going to happen. But you look at those five games, uh, Miami FC ought to be able to rack up some points and really start closing out on that lead. Again, at this point, their their destiny is not in their control. They need both Edmonton and, uh, and the Cosmos to drop some points elsewhere, and they need to hold up their end of the bargain. But you would assume that with this schedule, Miami FC ought to be able to make up some ground. Is there a chance we're coming into that last two weeks and we're seven points off and we got no shot? It doesn't matter if we win at Edmonton and uh, I mean against Edmonton and at New York, sure. But ultimately, you're where you want to be. You're alive. You know you could be. uh, You know you could be another club towards the bottom of the table. Puerto Rico doesn't have a shot. Jacksonville doesn't have a shot. Uh, basically, everyone kind of below Indy, Minnesota. No, Minnesota doesn't have a shot. Really, it's it's <laughs> Indy barely hanging on. At some point, the guillotine's going to drop on them, and then you've
0: and and they don't have anything to really go for besides you know unless they want to do the fatality Mortal Combat move. But right, don't forget, Indy already has the yes. spring season, so. I, I feel like they're gonna start resting towards the end of the season. Yeah, or, basically do
1: playing kind of exhibition games for for <laughs> the playoff. Kind of, they'll be back in preseason mode, kind of working on stuff. So yeah, you look at it, that. There's no really no sense for India Eleven to press. You've really got three teams in it. Miami FC are clearly in the the third spot, but they're one point off Edmonton, uh, and they're basically three points off my off New York Cosmos. If you assume the three points. Uh, all from the game in hand. So it's it's right there for the taking. And again, uh, there are there are two things pulling here. Miami have made, made expenditures. They have gone out and gotten players. And it's to be expected that this, this team should compete. The other hand is, having watched this team in the spring, if you had told me that they would be in it in the fall, I would not have believed you. And now we know, and, and, and Drew, you are the king of this, it's the NASL. And the spring season and the fall season are entirely different. And teams can go on runs, especially in the fall season, and build and improve. But, man, it is exciting. It's a really exciting time to be a fan of this this club. It's a really exciting time, not only because of the product on the field, but the attendance around it, uh, the environment that's starting to be built. It's, it's, again, night and day from just a couple of months ago.
0: Yeah, and this is, uh, you know, everybody seems to hate the NASL split season, but this is uh, one of the few times that it actually – uh <laughs> well we're a new team but this actually benefits us having the split season so it is definitely adding some uh excitement to it you know if it was complete combined standings this would be a whole different podcast a whole yeah. different game and um we we might be kind of giving up hope right now another thing i kind of wanted to touch on was our our roster depth because um Dario did not play the last game from what i hear is just kind of an ankle injury maybe from his little sissy fight with Omar Bravo at the end of the, <laughs> the Rail Hawks game. <laughs> but um you know i i don't know when uh Richie Ryan's coming back but we we finally kind of have this full squad now where Jaime Chavez is back also everybody else seems to be healthy um from my uh, counting fingers on hand calculation, we have something like twenty nine players on our <laughs> roster.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh,
0: we we definitely have some some decent options. So uh, if Dario can come back, and I, I don't know what the deal with Ryan is, but that's going to be interesting to kind of work him into some of these games. But you know, we we definitely have have the players, have the options. Um, I, I think it's it's going to be interesting, and you know, Nesta is going to have to really figure out these lineups on a per game basis uh
1: yeah it'll it'll be very interesting going forward to see how how the the gaffer will make those decisions um it's it's a good problem to have it's a lot better problem than maybe we saw in the spring season where an injury was kind of uh, incapacitating uh we now basically have the problem where a guy goes out because he accumulates yellow cards or there's an injury and People seem to step up and and really do a good job filling in. You start to see – you're actually starting to see uh, kind of a team philosophy, uh, an approach to how the game is going to be played, and the players fitting into that. And it's really fun to see. It's really interesting to see. Yeah, sorry. Actually, it wasn't a yawn. It was a burp. But if I had actually uh, (laughs) let that one go, everyone would have turned off immediately in horror. So I kind of had to, like, eat it basically. (laughs) Uh, so well, that was kind of more gross than actually just doing it, describing that. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so one more thing I do want to discuss um, before we maybe talk about some extracurricular activities. Uh, and, and I think it's it's a good time to kind of reframe because we basically only have a couple of matches left, uh, and Miami FC are involved in the majority of them, and it's the 2016 Coastal Cup. Yes. Yeah, so I'm, Ooh, yeah. I'm looking at the table now. I, I'm trusting that the Armada – are updating this accurately. It looks like it's about right. Um, we're in a bit of an interesting position because Miami FC have played six games. The Rowdies have played five. Everyone else has played six. And Miami FC have six points from six games. It's by far the worst we have performed in any competition since the spring season. Of course, the spring season is factor in there, but we actually did most of our work on the Coastal Cup in the spring season. Uh, we got it Yes, it Amazing, was kind of the yeah. only place we got points was kind of grinding out draws. Uh, there are five Coastal Cup matches remaining. The Strikers are currently top of the table. They have one uh, Coastal Cup game remaining against Tampa Bay. That's at... Oh, this is funny. You, you want to guess where Armada lists the game will take place?
0: Oh, no, no, no. Puerto Rico? <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and oh, okay. so, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh they they're updating it. It it does say that that is the next Coastal Cup match, and that is correct. But uh
0: Oh can I interrupt yes, you course. for a second? Did you see the uh uh against when we were playing Carolina, um like the majority of soccer score websites showed us playing a game against Fort Lauderdale or sorry, us playing a game against Carolina and then also the Fort Lauderdale uh strikers playing against Carolina oh, at the really? same time. <laughs> yeah, it showed like Fort Lauderdale versus Carolina at like seven thirty or 8 o'clock. And then it was like Carolina versus <laughs> like Miami. Carolina 8 A and B. <laughs> yeah, they, they really stretched their squads. That's but, funny. Uh,
1: um, so th- the next game will be Rowdies, Fort Lauderdale on the 24th. And then the strikers are done. Uh, that's their last Coastal Cup game. Yeah, game never. Oh. Uh, Miami has three more. Uh, Miami is playing at Tampa, as we mentioned before, at Tampa. Then host Tampa, then host Jacksonville, and then uh, the last Coastal Cup game is Tampa Bay Rowdies versus Jacksonville Armada in Jacksonville uh, last week of the season, the thirtieth. So there, there's some in, there's some intrigue here, especially regarding whether Fort Lauderdale will get three points from that seventh game, um, but. It will be interesting to see where that lands. All teams are still alive. Um, Actually, is is Jacksonville Jacksonville? No, Jacksonville is still alive. So every team is still alive. It will be interesting to see how that develops. Um, So uh, before we wrap up, there is something I wanted to mention. It was actually brought to my attention in the group chat today. We do have a a, a, a Day Brigade group chat. If you want to join the group and get some of that action, you definitely want in there. Uh, some, Some fun discussions being had, but... Um, we've been talking, I've been talking a lot, I feel, like too much maybe, but we've been talking a lot on the podcast about the team really increasing its community outreach. Um, and one of the ways it's done that is through these kind of theme nights, uh, that we've seen. Uh, the last home game, it was a Mexican American Heritage Night. Um, coming up, it is Bariqua Fest, which will be a good time. I, I, I feel like, uh, my voice saying Bariqua Fest, it, I, I, I'm offending someone, um, yes, it but uh, it, it, that'll be the Puerto Rico game. Uh, Friday, 8 p.m., Elvis Crespo of Suavemente fame will be performing.
0: Suavemente, besame.
1: Miguel Cotto, the famous boxer, will be there. And, of course, we'll be playing Puerto Rico football club. Um, but something else that I saw, and it was actually, I think, the first time I have seen our club mentioned on local broadcast news, uh, and... The Miami FC hosted uh, uh, a young girl named McKinley at practice. Uh, I believe it was today. Yes, I believe it was earlier today.
0: Yes.
1: Um, the team has been partnered with the uh, the hashtag Gold Gold initiative for a couple weeks now regarding uh, pediatric cancers. Um, and this little girl was running around playing with the team. It was the cutest damn thing I've ever seen. Um, and it was really great, and to actually have the you know have local media out there and getting the team involved in the community, it's really you know, we've seen it again and again and again, and, and our neighbors to the north have seen it. When you engage the community, they engage you back. If you just pretend like if you build it, they will come, they don't. You actually have to bring it to them. And this is one really great, another, I should say, another great example of what we're seeing out of, uh, out of the club, a real change from the spring season.
0: Yeah, this this whole initiative is really good. I saw like Bruce Silverman, uh, our, our beloved announcer, got behind it, and a bunch of other people. Um, it's it's definitely great to see. Now this half of the season, we're doing a lot more. You know, we're we're getting we're getting on local media for various uh, organizations we're involved with. Um, these uh, these theme nights have been crushing it, but I just kind of have to laugh <laughs> at uh, the Boricua night para la isla boricuas but um in, in the graphic we don't have a puerto rican <laughs> player so we put up ariel martinez <laughs> our of course our uh our cuban player so um uh, when i saw that when i saw the graphic for it i just kind of laughed because i was you know every every other night they've seemed to kind of tie in somebody um To the themed night, but for this one we didn't necessarily have a person, so uh, I guess the flags are very similar. Uh, You just uh, what is it? If you flip the, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, maybe uh, close enough.
1: Yeah. So uh, you know, uh, Adia really coming in pinch hitting there, doing a good job helping out the club. Um, So yeah, I just I'm I'm very much encouraged by what i'm seeing again on the field off the field uh just in general um i know uh, we had discussed uh before uh Miami FC new uh acquisition uh in terms of a chief executive officer officer Sean Flynn uh Lenny Santiago has kind of been uh you know we kind of poached him from Orlando and be, uh, in in the spring season here has been involved in some of the, the media outreach and, and 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 the like there and they've just done a really good job. And, and Lord knows we can come on here and bitch and kvetch about whatever you want. Um, and you heard it. But we really, you know, the, the the tone in our podcast, I think, has changed. Largely because the tone of how the team is being run has changed. And, and we're seeing a club that is concerned about growth, attendance growth, uh, growth in performance on the field. And and ultimately, that's how you get people to second division soccer in the United States. Whether it's Miami whether it's Fort Lauderdale, whether it's Indianapolis, wherever you want to put it, ultimately the recipe for success doesn't change that much. And the people who think they can reinvent the wheel ultimately get crushed by that new wheel that they try to build.
0: Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, I've, I have a question yeah. for you. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll bring this up. Uh, we did not have a… Ah, yes, of wondering. course. Well… Not for Omar's contest. I had a contest winner, and I would like to thank Michael for coming up to me at the tailgate and giving me his best Vincenzo (laughs) Rinella without even saying hello. He just tapped me on the shoulder and belted it out, so uh, gave him some magnets. But um, we currently do not have a winner for Yes, so... So are we running that for the uh, podcast? I I think
1: absolutely. Uh, First off, uh, again, shout-out to Michael, who, who really sold... The uh, uh, the Vincenzo Ranella. I, I I spoke with uh, um, Drew afterward, and it, I got way too excited about someone coming up to my friend and yelling Vincenzo Ranella in his face. Um, I got so pumped, <laughs> like I was just like jumping around. Once Michael did it, I was so happy. Um, so yeah, that was that was quite enjoyable. But yeah, we will definitely roll over the contest again to go over the the rules and regulations here. You. Need to reply to at Magic City Soccer on Twitter. Nowhere else will work. Only at on Twitter. Sign up for an account if you need to. Everyone has one by now. Uh, Go to at Magic City Soccer. Follow us. You need to be a follower. And then reply to us with your guess for who will be the first scorer for Miami FC in the Puerto Rico game. So, let's say, last game, you would have guessed Dario Svitinic. You would have won. No... None. If you did that,
0: well, no. Yeah. Well, the it got kind of confusing because there are uh, several games. Yes, throughout the Yes. So, but no,
1: we're we're very clear right now. <laughs> we're holding it only to home games. Um, we're we're uh we're we're covering uh wait, yeah, was it a home game or a road game? Did we did it for. Yeah, it was a home game. It was the Wednesday game. The home game. Um, so right now we're just doing home games. Leading up from the podcast, the next game after the podcast—that's what we're talking about here um so please make sure again follow us on twitter i'll tell, remind you in a second once we're closing out but four terms of the contest if you're not following us you won't win i will look it up i'm a teacher i'm good at grading things so uh look it up uh follow us give us your guess at reply us at magic city soccer don't do it to drew or me i mean you can include us if you want but at magic city soccer with the name of the player that you think will score first I would also suggest maybe doing a search and make sure no one is taking your name first because whoever enters the name first will get first dibs. And if you enter more than one name, we will take your first entry. Okay? Don't try to play any games here. Uh, you know, actually only play one game, and the game that you're playing is guessing who'll score first. Uh, so, um, yeah, those are the terms. And again, you win, you get a $25 gift card from Soccer Locker. If not, we will hold on to it and play again. Uh, so. That'll be fun. Um, I,
0: I'm going to give some advice, or I'm going to give a, a, a sneaky tip. I, I have a feeling Mason Trafford is going to get a header in this Puerto Rico game. Oh, boy. You heard it
1: here first. You heard it here first. Drew Hausman is not eligible for gift cards from the Magic City Talker podcast. Uh, so Drew is giving you the hot tip. Drew is giving you a guest to offer. Or you can go off the board. You know, Maybe go with uh, Vincenzo. Maybe go with Dario. Or, you know, who the hell knows? Maybe it could be someone else. Get in there. Um, so, it, we'll be releasing this uh, late Tuesday, early Wednesday. That means you have a couple of days uh, in order to get your guesses in, but it, we will close all entries at kickoff against Puerto Rico on Friday. So, that means 8 p.m. on Friday. November is not the right month. September 23rd. Friday, Friday September 23rd. I'm already fast-forwarding <laughs> to the end of the season. I'm still looking forward to the end of the last two weeks. Uh
0: you're just really excited for Yes, Borico I know.
1: Fest. I'm out of my mind for Borico Fest. Uh, so uh, I think that's it. Again, I like to open it up because I always forget stuff. Drew, anything else to add? Uh, um... All right. If we think of something, we'll bring it up next week. Uh, so for now, let's get – Oh.
0: oh, wait, just because just I haven't really belted one out today, but um, I just want to tell the listeners, Vincenzo Rinella. <laughs> so,
1: that is that is our rally cry. Make sure you uh, accept no substitutes. Drew Hausman saying Vincenzo Rinella. Oh, also, really quick, Omar was unable to join us, but you lost three games in a week. Ha, 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 ha. So, uh, <laughs> that'll, be no. our, that'll be our Premier League wrap <laughs> up for the week, because... You know, <laughs> yeah, Drew and I crazy. don't know of this, losing three games in a week. We don't know what that's like. You know, we just go and handle no, business. No. Uh, so uh, that'll close it out for Magic City Soccer. Uh, you have to get the dig in the the chance. That'll close out Magic City Soccer. Uh, Drew, as always, thank you for for joining me, pal. Uh, I'll talk to you next week. And, yes, uh, again, uh, that's Drew Hausman on Twitter uh, at itshausmanlol. I'm on Twitter at Matthew S. Bunch. Our podcast is at Magic City Soccer, and uh, tell your friends, tell your folks, let them know that we're doing this podcast for you, the soccer fans of South Florida. Until next time, until next week, go Miami FC and go Miami soccer.